Hello and welcome to Historical Hysteria. My name is Nicholas Ward and today is going to be a short episode. I've been recovering from COVID recently. It was awful. I am feeling better now, but I'm way behind on episodes. So this week is just a quickie to get me back on track. It is, how many countries are there in the world? Pretty simple question, right? As of 2019, the year South Sudan gained independence, there are now 193 full members of the United Nations. So there are 193 countries in the world. Except not so fast, because there are also two observer states, Vatican City and Palestine. So, 195. Except what about Taiwan? Because Taiwan was expelled from the United Nations 50 years ago, more because of their stubbornness than anything else, but complexities aside, Taiwan is a de facto sovereign state. We've touched on what a sovereign state is in episode 16, but to recap, sovereignty has two aspects, de jure and de facto, legal and actual. Legally, sovereignty is usually defined as having control over domestic, foreign policy, and obtaining international recognition. That last one makes defining a country exceptionally difficult. Taiwan is recognised by 13 UN member states, so is a country to those 13 states, sometimes called a rebel republic. But de jure nonsense aside, Taiwan and China are, for all intents and purposes, two wholly separate sovereign nations, regardless of what they both say about each other. So there are 196 countries in the world. Not so fast, because Taiwan brings up the problem of rebel republics, nations which for all the world operate as sovereign states, but which legally aren't. Aside from Taiwan, these include Abkhazia, South Ossetia, Transnistria, Artsakh, Donetsk, Luhansk, North Cyprus, Kosovo, Western Sahara, and Somaliland. All ten of these states have independent foreign and domestic control, and nine have some form of international recognition, but not UN recognition. The tenth, Somaliland, a fully autonomous region of Somalia, has no international recognition, even though in many ways it actually bears more hallmarks of a state than Somalia itself, which has virtually no stable control outside of the city of Mogadishu. This count is further complicated by the fact some observers argue Russian-backed rebel states are operating as effectively client states of Russia. Unsurprisingly, Moldova, Ukraine and Georgia classify their rebel provinces as Russian-occupied areas, which leaves us with 193 UN members, plus 2 observers, plus 11 rebel states, with plus or minus 5 Russian puppet states. So 205-ish. Are we done? <laughs> no, because now we get to talk about Palestine. Well, Palestine is not a sovereign country, and before people start grabbing their pitchforks, Palestine meets some of the de jure definitions of a country. It has international recognition from 138 UN states, it has defined borders, and it is technically... and it does technically have control of domestic and foreign policy. Except its control of these is complex. Today, the map of Palestine looks like Swiss cheese. The Palestinian Authority has authority over 167 island enclaves inside their own nation. The rest is known as Area C, and is still currently occupied by Israel, and is to be ceded back over-time. But this has not happened. Meaning Palestine today is 167 enclaves with all access to and from them controlled by Israel. Within these enclaves there are also hundreds of Israeli settlements which operate under Israeli law and are protected by the IDF and both are and are not part of Israel. So both are and are not occupied territories. But leaving that box of bees aside, unsurprisingly Israel and the US have prevented Palestinian recognition in the UN, but Israel also claims Palestine is independent while also claiming it is not a country. 
and maintaining control of most of the nation, including collecting their taxes and deploying the army wherever they want to. Meaning, Palestine is kind of a Schrodinger's cat of countries. There is one exception to this. Gaza, controlled by Hamas since 2007, has de facto independence. Unlike the rest of Palestine, Israel has no level of control inside the enclave, which has its own armed forces, police, taxation, and foreign policy control. But it is not recognized by anyone, and Israel controls access into and out of the enclave and attacks whenever they want. But Gaza is a rebel area within a quasi-state, which makes it a complex situation within a complex situation. So kind of independent-ish. Except Hamas doesn't claim independence from the quasi-Palestinian state. Anyway, but let's put rebel areas aside, which are their own whole issue. In general, what separates an, a an area in rebellion, like parts of the Democratic Republic of Congo, Somalia, Yemen, and Mozambique, is stability, longevity, and institutions. The transition of a rebellion to a rebel state usually involves a long-term stalemate creating relative stability of populations and borders. So that's it, right? 193 plus 11 plus 2 negative 1 Palestine. Yes, well, except there's another style of state which bears all the hallmarks of a sovereign state but totally isn't, wink. The Kurdistan Autonomous Region in Iraq and the Wa State in Myanmar. Kurds had hoped the end of the British Mandate would get them independence in the Middle East. Instead, the Kurds found themselves divided between Turkey, Iran, Syria, and Iraq. In Iraq, Kurds would fight a series of revolt revolts until 1991. And since 1991, Kurdistan, Iraqi Kurdistan, has had its own laws, fixed borders, police, armed forces, and foreign policy, but is totally still part of Iraq, wink. Wa State in Myanmar is one of the most successful factions in the Myanmar Civil War, which has raged on and off since 1948. The Wa in their mountainous homeland control their own borders, laws, police, armed forces, and foreign policy, but totally are still part of Myanmar. Wink. Iraqi Kurdistan and Wa State are, for all, for all intents and purposes, sovereign states. But officially, neither region claims independence for a number of reasons. Kurdistan has a tense detente with Iraq, which has made it clear that they will under no circumstances accept an independent Kurdistan. Or at least an officially independent Kurdistan, given that Kurdistan is already fully independent. Um, Kurds pretty much roll their collective eyes at this, but unfortunately, Kurdistan's neighbours, Turkey, Iran, and Syria, all containing significant Kurdish minorities, also aren't super keen on an independent Kurdish nation, leaving Kurdistan still totally part of Iraq, wink, and just kind of waiting for an opportunity to declare their independence. Wa State has a quasi-alliance with China and Thailand, but actually hugely benefits from its role as a quasi-state, freely trading many contraband items, making it a centre of the illegal wildlife trade. Both are classified as autonomous regions within their nations, and both pay lip service to their federal governments. But most autonomous regions are not sovereign. Many, like Tibet and Xinjiang, are autonomous in name only. So, we have 193 plus 2 observer states, plus 11 rebel states, plus 2 wink-wink states, negative Palestine. That has to be all of them. Well, not quite. See, international law is ridiculously complicated, and now we get to talk about zombie states. What the hell is a zombie state? Well, it's a term I just made up for the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan, which today governs a grand total of zero land, but is still a UN member state. With the exception of a handful of rebels holding out in the Panjshir Valley, the Afghan government is now a government in exile, with its actual government, with Afghanistan's actual government, the Emirate of Afghanistan, as yet unrecognised. Failed and parallel states pose 
Another problem with counting sovereign nations, the internationally recognised government of Somalia has little power outside of Mogadishu and the internationally recognised government of Afghanistan has zero control within Afghanistan. Similar situations have arisen in, in the past in places like South Sudan and Libya, and Ethiopia which has been mired in a civil war for most of the last 50 years, with the recognised governments of these areas rarely controlling much outside of the capital. But Counting every rebel group as a sovereign state would be impossibly complex and often impossibly naive. So, sovereign states, even rebel ones, have to include at least some long-term stability in regards to borders and government. Somalia is one of those immensely complex geopolitical issues, with a full quarter of the country controlled by the independent and neutral Somaliland, another quarter controlled by the autonomous but officially pro-government Puntland, the other quarter controlled by... A, a variety of terrorist groups, and then a tiny little slice of the capital being controlled by the government, backed by African Union troops. Puntland is in a similar position to Kurdistan, an autonomous region acting an awful lot like a sovereign nation, though Puntland officially supports the Somali government. Somalia bears most of the hallmarks of a sovereign state, though its real borders are in an almost constant state of flux, but let's just ignore Somalia. There are also micronations. Many of these were started as jokes or protests, such as the Republic of Uzpis, a small neighbourhood in Vilnius, Lithuania, where every April Fool's Day the government sets up border control officers and stamps passports. Others were established as tax dodgers, like the defunct Hutt River Principality in Australia, which wound up dissolving after losing a long-standing tax row with the government. Some, however, do have small degrees of autonomy. The quasi-anarchist Christiana Enclave in Copenhagen is inside a series of abandoned fortifications. Cannabis is traded freely in their main market, and harder drugs slightly less freely. Since the 1970s, the government has treated it with a hands-off approach to drug enforcement, though it has stepped in on the issues of organised crime and harder drugs. There have been dozens of micronations over the years, some of which might meet the definitions of sovereignty if you squint a little. The Principality of Sealand was a World War II channel anti-aircraft platform 12 kilometres off the coast of England. Declared the Principality of Sealand by Ray and Joan Bates, it had a remarkably bizarre and violent history. The platform measures just 0.004 square kilometres, was outside any territorial waters, and so thought the Bates free to take. And the Bates did just that in 1967. They made a flag, wrote a constitution, and even had a population of 50 people at one point. The station made money and came to the attention of the authorities as a pirate radio station. The problem was, the government had no legal basis to shut them down, they were in international waters. The Micronation even had its own micro-war, when in 1978 a group of Dutch and German mercenaries tried to take the fort by force. The Bates took the mercenaries hostage, and the German ambassador in London actually had to negotiate their release. Unfortunately, in 1987, in part to combat pirate radio, the British extended their, territori their territorial waters 12 nautical miles, and Sealand came into Britain's orbit. Other micro-nations have won a kind of quasi-independence by just being too annoying to deal with, like the Ganyenke in New York State, a Mohawk group who occupied a Girl Scout camp and now refused to pay taxes, otherwise known as the American Dream. But the Ganyenke and other such micronations essentially exist at the complete mercy of their host states and have no access to or from the outside world, no real borders or populations, and no meaningful way to engage in diplomacy. So... Not much in the way of an actual state, or sovereign. But putting micronations aside, how many actual sovereign states are there in the world? Well, we have 193 UN members, the Vatican, 11 rebel states, two 
wink wink states, plus one Afghanistan, negative one Afghanistan, and an independently occupied Palestine who I am not going to count. That makes 207 sovereign states. That is all we have time for, thank you for joining me, but before I leave, let me leave you with this. One of the shortest lived states in history was the nation of Carpatho, Ukraine, a region of Czechoslovakia which declared independence on March 15, 1939 as the Nazis annexed the west of the nation and the Hungarians annexed the east. Over the day of March 15th, it successfully wrote a constitution, a national anthem, created a flag, an army, and on March 16th, it ceased to exist as the Hungarian army overran the region. It doesn't really meet any of the hallmarks of sovereignty we've been using, but it is a very interesting case of wishful thinking. That is all we have time for today. Sources today were the remarkably unhelpful UN.org, the BBC's country profile, and my own personal experiences inside a number of rebel republics. Anyway, bye.